How you doing? Hey, are you guys glad you're here? I am too. I'm glad I'm here, and I'm glad you're here. I, I say this all the time, but, and, I, and I just, I really mean it. This is my favorite place ever to be. I just love y'all. I love this place. You guys are fantastic. Um, by the way, well, let me just say, if it's your first time here today, let me give you the spiel. Welcome to South Point. Um, I'm the pastor, believe it or not. My wife, Patty, and I get to pastor this cool place. And yeah, they let me do that. So thanks for letting me do that. And if it's your first time, I'm so glad that you're here. I, I really am. Uh, there's also some other people here that you probably don't see. Will you guys do me a favor? We're going to welcome the rest of our family. Put your hands together. Help me welcome everybody watching online, church online platform, Facebook, YouTube. Hey, we love you guys. Thanks so much for tuning in, tuning in. And you guys can tune in, and you guys can tune in, and everybody can tune in New Year's Eve night. 11 o'clock, New Year's Eve, that's a Saturday, January 31st, see what I did there? We're premiering, December, see what I did there? <laughs> December 31st, um, gotta get that right. <laughs> These are my fact checkers on the front row. Um, but we're, we're premiering a live ball drop video, just South Point. It's going to be awesome. It'll be on YouTube, Facebook, Church Online platform. You can find it, watch it with some friends. Um, so we're just doing, it'll be a, like a variety show, ball drop, bands. Uh, it's pretty, it's going to be pretty funny too. Uh, so make sure you tune in for that. It will be live, so you need to tune in at 11 o'clock, 11 to midnight. And we'll all party the new year in together because we obviously can't be in here because we're not going to have any chairs, right? And we've talked about that. So next Sunday after second service, this one, taking out the chairs, and then the company will be putting in chairs over the holidays so we can start off the first of the year. Whoa, what? All right. So we are in this series called Teen Mom. And obviously with that title and that picture behind me, um, you know that we're talking about, even if it's your first time here, we're talking about Mary, the mother of Jesus. And uh, I have said, the last few weeks, I have said that Mary is just a sketchy character, right? And by sketchy, I don't mean like she's sketchy. She's she legit. She good. Uh, but but just the, all the baggage that comes with Mary can get a little sketchy. Uh, I've had more. I've had more conversations the last few weeks with so many. I didn't know there was a thing. So, you some of you are closet Catholics. I had no idea. I had no idea. I knew we had recovering Catholics and and. Catholic, but some of you are like closet Catholics. Okay, whatever. But see, with Mary, and that's the problem, is with Mary, there's been all of this extra spiritual baggage that has been placed on her and around her so that anytime you talk about her, a lot of people, including my closet Catholics, thank you very much, um, think that we're talking about that or doing that, and it's, that's just not it. And then you've got the rest of us over here that are like, we don't even talk about Mary because we don't want to be associated, right? And it's just this struggle. And so I thought I would do again today, I know you're going to think this is crazy. I thought I would do today um, what we've done the last couple weeks. I thought we would just take a look at Mary and what's in the Bible, like what's written what do you think? You guys think that's a, I think it's a, I think it's a great idea. You know, let's just talk about Mary and look at her historically. And I think that we can pull some things out of her life and learn something that we can get better. So are you ready to learn today? You ready to get a little bit better? Um, no? Okay, I'll keep talking about Mary then. So Mary, here's the deal. 
Mary, most scholars, almost all scholars agree that Mary was 13 years old when she had Jesus as, as a baby. So to give, put that in perspective, some of you are like, that's too young. Okay, to put that in perspective, Everly, who just did the, the transition a minute ago, long hair, remember, sitting right there? She's 13 years old. 13 years old. Come on, y'all, like, and she's up here doing that. Come on. That, that's pretty cool. Some of you aren't impressed. What were you doing when you were 13? Smoking weed. Yeah, she ain't doing that. She's up here. Right? But Mary... So Mary, Mary, 13 years old, and what can happen, here's what can happen, and I don't want this to happen to us today because I really think we need to get out of our, our little pigeonholing Mary. We think, well, she's two, prod, two mindsets. She's 13, so she's too young to have a kid, right? That's just, that's just horrible. That, okay. And then some of you would say, well, that's just the culture of them and over there, and that was the culture of that time, 13 years old, and 13 was a normal marrying age, and I think still is. I don't know. I don't live over there. But um, in the Bible, it was marrying age, and so we can think that Mary is either this really super-duper special person, or we feel sorry for Mary because God used her and then just left her and didn't do anything with her, okay? Neither is the case, okay? We've learned that Mary is not a God to be worshipped, but a woman to be honored, okay? And so that's what we're going to look at. And so Mary is one of those people that, uh, <laughs> she's got all this going on, and you can pigeonhole her in the wrong place, but you need to understand something about Mary. Mary had grit. Does anybody even know what grit is anymore? You know, grit. Mary had grit. She went through, she was on, she, Gabriel the angel strapped her into the roller coaster of emotions, baby. She was going through all of this stuff, and you guys know the story, and we've talked about all the stuff that she's been through. Next week, we'll talk about the birth of Jesus. The last couple weeks, we've been talking about before. Today, we're going to talk about after the birth of Jesus, and next week, we'll talk about, we're going to do the bookends. All right, y'all, y'all track it with me? All right, and so... Mary is all emotional because not only did she have angels appear to her in all this, but get this, she's 13. Now, just think for a second. 13-year-olds have a few hormones racing through their bodies. Come on, just, just nod at me. I, I know I'm right. I've raised a few, right? How many have ever raised a 13-year-old and you survived? You're still here? Great. Arms are still working, right? 13 years old, they have, and we all know this, it's just adolescence, right? When, when a 13-year-old goes off the rails emotionally, you're just like, oh, should I kill him? Oh, no, that's just adolescent puberty. Okay, I got it, right? Mary is no different. You need to understand, Mary is a 13-year-old girl going through very, very difficult trying situations while at the same time managing and dealing with hormones that are going inside, on inside her body. And so all of this stuff happens, okay? All of this stuff happens. Angels appear, they sing, and then when Jesus is born, we'll talk about this next week, but the shepherds show up, right? And angels are singing and shepherds are there, and there's all this going on, and then Jesus is born. Little drummer boy played his drum. That's not really in the Bible, but whatever. Little drummer boy played his drum. And then... Nothing. What happens after everybody leaves? Um, we adopted our first daughter, Sierra. We adopted her. And if you know anything about adoption, we adopted her. She was 
three months old when we got her. And so the, you don't know when you're getting the child, right? So you fill out, so some of you don't know, I'll just expl I'll explain it to you like this. You fill out all the paperwork, you pay a whole lot of money to lawyers and all these people that say, sign here, sign here, whatever. And so you do all that, and then you just wait. And me and Patty waited and waited and waited, and then finally, you know what you're doing when you're waiting? None, you're waiting, right? And so um, we're waiting, and finally the phone rings, and it's a Thursday, Thursday or Friday, and they said, we have a match. We have a beautiful little girl for you. And we're like, woo <laughs> It's so exciting. And so they said, we're, we're like, okay, we're on our way. They're like, no, 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 no. Um, you can get her Monday at this time. You know, come to the office, and we'll, we'll do all, this, all the paperwork, all the stuff. Okay, so you know what we did that weekend? We went to Walmart. We didn't even have a car seat. We didn't have strollers. We didn't have anything because we were just waiting. So now all of a sudden you get the word, and so now you're hustling. You're hustling, and you don't stop. And Monday comes, and we're still hustling. We're hustling. And then family comes into town, and they, well, we want to go with you. All right, well, you can go with us. So we're hustling because you know what it's like to deal with family. Anyone, anyone, anyone? Bueller, right? So we're hustling, we're hustling. So now we got family. You add family to it. And then, and then we go, go to Sierra and it's a party. Woohoo! We're hustling. Everybody's oh, high five and happy. Oh, tears. And then we come home and there's people from the church at the home in my house, sitting in my living room, waiting on the little girl to show up. Woo! -hoo. And so they're there and we're all hustling. So now you're dealing with family and now you're dealing with church people. And now you're dealing, you're dealing, you're hustling, you're hustling. And finally, the family leaves. Somebody say praise the Lord. So family leaves. And then the, the, the stragglers leave. And then Patty goes in the other room, I think to take drugs, I don't know. And so she goes in the other room, and I remember taking Sierra, you know, she's just a little baby, and I lay her on the footstool there, and I just look at her. And I, I said out loud to her, I said, what do I do with you now? <laughs> right, have you, ever, have you ever been there where you're like, whatever it is in life, you're all emotional? You do all this stuff, and there's this buildup and buildup and buildup, and then it's over. And then what? Like, how you went through the emotional situation determines what's next, right? Do you guys remember? Um, let me look. Let's look at what uh, Mary did, because this is so important. How to get through what's next. Luke chapter 2, verse 20 says this. Y'all ready? The shepherds went back to their flocks. Okay, they done. Gone glorifying and praising God for all they had heard and seen. Crickets. Eight days later, when the baby was circumcised, he was named Jesus, the name given him by the angel before he was conceived. Then it was time for the purification offering, as required by the law of Moses after the birth of a child. So his parents took him to Jerusalem to present him to the Lord. So that's a travel. It's about five miles, by the way. Um, Present him to the Lord. The law of the Lord says if a woman's first child is a boy, he must be dedicated to the Lord. So they offered the sacrifice required in the law of the Lord, either a pair of turtle doves or two young pigeons. Okay, so here's a little side note. A pair of turtle doves or two young pigeons is called the poor man's sacrifice for this. Okay, so Mary and Joseph were very common. They did not have a lot of money. If you had money, you would provide a different kind of sacrifice that's listed in Leviticus. But this also just shows for your Christmas story, this shows that the wise man has not been appeared yet because they gave gold, frankincense, and myrrh, and that was money used so that they could escape to Egypt. That's later. But isn't it fun how the Bible all fits together? It's like this stuff really happened. It's crazy, isn't it? 
it might be true. Okay, so look at what Mary does. So all this stuff happens. Angels and shepherds and singing and ah, all that stuff. And then crickets. And so what does Mary do next? Mary, don't miss this. This is the point of the whole thing. You can hear this and then tune me out the rest of the time. Mary doesn't know what to do, so before she stepped out on a powerful word of God, remember that? Stepped out in faith, and now that's not there. There's no more Gabriel showing up to her, so she steps out into the disciplines of the faith that she has. Sometimes you just have to do what you know you're supposed to do. Today is not a sexy message. Today is not an inspi- this is probably not even an inspiring message. Some of you are going to be like, oh my God. What is-? Today is one of those sermons, that one of these messages where it's just like, you know what to do, now just do it. I got more preaching to do, but I want that to sink in for a second. Just do it. Mary stepped out and did these things that she went and got the boy circumcised, had a rabbi come. You had to go find a rabbi to say, hey, had a kid. Where is he? He's in the barn. Okay. So we'll go do the circumcision there. And then they have to travel five miles. And the Bible says that they went for their purification. What that means is that whose purification? That was Jesus and Mary. Mary was considered unclean for 40 days. And so 40 days after the circumcision, they go to the temple to do the process, to do what? To do the disciplines of their faith, what they know to do. So they did a sacrifice, they did one for Mary, they did one for Jesus, and then they take baby Jesus to the priest, and he gets dedicated and consecrated. Simeon, you can look that up, it's later on in the scripture. And so all those things happen. And you know what you don't read in scripture? Here's what, you never read this in scripture. Mary did not say, you know, I just don't feel like going to the rabbi today. Joe, Joey, Joe, Joe, come here. Joe. It's been a rough week. I mean, what with finding a place to stay, birthing the Son of God. And really, why do I have to go to the temple and fulfill the law when I gave birth to the one who came to fulfill the law? You know what? I think I'm entitled to a little rest. I'm entitled to a little... We don't see Mary getting in her emotions trying to defend her opinion or her emotions. Mary steps out into this thing called, this unfun thing called, these are the disciplines of my faith. I just do these because it's what I believe. I told you, today's not a fun day. Like, like okay, we, we have all these, do you guys remember a couple years ago, think back where you were a couple years ago, I can pretty much guess where you were a couple years ago, you were at home like everybody else. We had this thing called a pandemic, anybody remember that? Now, this is a low-hanging fruit, and so some of you that are still dealing with fallout from the pandemic, I'm not trying to pour salt in the wounds, okay, I'm, I'm really not, and so... I'm not trying to stir stuff up. I just want to use it as an example because it's a recent example. And here's the one thing about the pandemic. The pandemic was by far the number one cultural shift that our generation will ever see. Like, it doesn't matter what you think about it or feel about it. It really doesn't matter. We all have a before COVID and a after COVID. It, it is a dividing line of time. And what I saw going through that emotional time, because you guys remember, it wasn't that long ago, it was emotional. Everybody, everybody had an opinion. 
everybody. Some of them were stupid opinions, right? Which is just my opinion, proving my point. And so all of these people, so going through that, how'd you do? Going through the emotional hype, all of that stuff, how'd you do? Because here's what I saw happen. A lot of people love Jesus, and when they were in the mighty river of public opinion and all the emotional stuff that's going on, many of them lost their footing and got washed downstream, and their, their spiritual corpse ended up on a bank somewhere down the river. That's harsh, Craig, really. But it's true. Because you look around, can we just be real for a second? Oh, I should have said this first service. That one's not recorded. Because um, when you look around, it used to be three services packed with more volunteers than we knew what to do with, and now it's not. So where are they? I'll tell you where I feel like they are. Now, if they're watching, they're probably going to disagree with this. That's fine. Um, that's opinion. Um, are we getting too real this morning? I can go back and tell more jokes or something, but um, I think a lot of the, the people lost their footing, and they're down the spiritual bank somewhere, and they don't know why, and it's because you lost your footing. So what's the footing? What are you standing on? A month ago, I went to, let's get off the pandemic, um, a month ago, I went to Montana and did a little fly fishing on the Bighorn River, which was really cool. It was so cool. Here was the temperature, record low. That's my, that's my luck, right? The record low, 23 below zero. Cool. Yeah, it was. And so we're all bundled up. You know, you got the waders on, fishing pole, which, by the way, the line freezes to, your, to the fishing pole after. Anyway, so I'm all geared up, and our guide, he's like, hey, we're going to go over there. See that island on the other side of the river? It's actually in the middle of the river. You see that island over there? We're going to go over there. We're going to wait. Hey, hey, we're going to wait across the river right here. We're going to go over there to that island, and we're going to fish. And I said, well, what's wrong with fishing right here? Yeah. Oh, there's a better fishing spot over there. Have any of you ever crossed a, a river? Like, I mean like a real river, like a couple of us. If you haven't, you're missing out. So this river was only, where we crossed was about that high, but it was so fast. And so when you're walking across, you know, you've got all the clothes on, and you're, you're walking like this. Every foot, you have to make sure every foot has a firm foundation before you take the next step, okay? So we get over to the island fine. However... You got to come back. And so I'm coming back, and now I'm ready to come back. So I'm moving a little quicker. Why am I ready to come back? Because I'm cold. I'm cold. And I'm walking across the river, and it's just, I mean, it's pushing so hard. It's, it's hard to even walk. And this foot, which was my downstream foot, hits on a rock. And I'm like, is that a solid rock? You know, because then you got to make that decision, because I haven't shifted my weight yet. So you're doing the whole... It's just, why are they doing that? He doesn't want to die. It's just making sure. And it felt, it felt sure. And the guy behind me even said, what are you doing? I said, I'm just making sure this rock is solid. He's like, I'm sure it's fine. I'm sure you're right too. I'll take your opinion even though it's not your foot on the bowling ball. Right, so I make the decision. I'm like, okay, it's solid. All right, I'm going. The minute I shift my weight and committed that rock, now, a couple of things happened all at the same time. 
Number one, I did the slowest fall humanly possible. Have you guys ever done one of these? It wasn't just like a wham. It was, oh, no. Second thing that happened, my buddies, do you think they said, oh, be careful. Oh, you don't want to get wet out here. We still have to hike back to the truck. They laughed, didn't they? Come on, guys, anybody, what would you do? You're hunting buddies, you're fishing buddies. Bro, you a fool, man. I saw you going down. Hey, I fell all the way in the river. I get out, and before I can get to the bank, it's already frozen, just cold, had to hike back to the river. So cold. Let me tell you something. In life right now, public opinion wants to wash you down the stream. You better be standing on something solid. And what we stand on that's solid, whether I feel like it or not, are these things called the disciplines of our faith. And the very word discipline is not fun because we don't like discipline. However, if we'll step into the disciplines now, it will save us from getting washed down the river, wondering why our life is ruined, washed up on a bank somewhere. It's because you didn't stand on the solid rock of Jesus Christ and the disciplines of our faith. Fill in the blank. In emotionally charged climates, it's the disciplines of the faith that anchor you to reality. It is not Fox News. It is not CNN. It is not Snapchat. It is not Facebook. It is not Instagram. It is not your favorite blog. It is not your favorite podcast. None of those things. It's amazing that during the pandemic, for example, we got real versed at diseases and all that stuff, but we didn't learn anything from God's Word. Hey, everybody. Are you glad you came today? I'll get off the pandemic, okay? But we all, we all seek for these emotional highs, and, and that's okay. You know, we want those, but you, the emotional high where everything is amazing is a beautiful thing, but you can't live there. That doesn't sustain you. Like, when you, when you got saved, there was probably an emotional high, right? Maybe you got the tinglys or the goose pimple bumps or, you know, whatever you had that was like, oh, if you think that's how the rest of your Christian life is going to be, you are going to be greatly disappointed. It's like, do you guys remember getting married? Anybody ever get married? Anybody? Anybody? Any, four of us got married. Were the rest of you shacking up? What are you doing? Okay, so... <laughs> When you get married, when you get married, you're all excited, right? It's this emotional thing for the ceremony. And the bride, she's so happy to everything. She's perfect. And the guy could care less because his excitement is for the next, the, the, the next event. Come on. Some of you are like, not in church, pastor. Don't go there. Don't go there. My kids are with me. That's why we have kids point. Okay, so... The guys are all excited. The honeymoon's coming. The honeymoon, the honeymoon comes, and you're think, as a dude, you're thinking, on the honeymoon, you're thinking, my, this is how the rest of my life is gonna be. <laughs> no, it ain't. <laughs> no, it ain't. Come on, just nod at me, anybody, anybody. We, we, you live for these emotional highs, and, and that's great, and you enjoy those. But you can't live in the emotional high. What comes after the emotional high? It better be some disciplines of a solid marriage. It better be some disciplines of following Jesus Christ, whether I feel like it or not. So some of you are like, oh, so you really are going Catholic. 
We got to have all the rules. You got to follow all the rules. Oh, are you now Mother Craig? You going to come out with a ruler and snap our knuckles for disobeying? Is that where we're going, Pastor, Mother, Father, whatever you are? Um, you're misunderstanding rules and disciplines. Fill in the blank. Rules. That's what others enforce on me. Disciplines is what I enforce on myself. Come on, that's good whether you like it or not. Rules are for the benefit of the place, right? You go to a place, we have rules. Like this church has rules. A movie theater has rules. You know, there's just, there's just rules. Disciplines are for the benefit of the self. Wherever I go, that self is there. Now, we are not Jewish. I'm not sure if you're aware of that. We are not Jewish. So we don't follow the Jewish disciplines of the faith. We follow the New Testament, New Covenant disciplines of the church of Jesus Christ. The new church... In Acts chapter 2, verse 42, that verse is in your notes, and you can read that. But I thought it would just be quicker and easier if I just pull out some of the disciplines that they have. They can put that verse up there, and you can look at it. It's in your notes, Acts chapter 2. Um, in here are some disciplines, and so let's look at these disciplines. You ready? These are, you're not ready, so I'll keep waxing warm. Um, the disciplines are these things that the New Testament church started doing because it worked. They did disciplines that worked, that are listed right here, that worked when they lived in a culture that was trying to kill them. We think we're persecuted. You have no idea. They're, some of them were being hunted down, yet they stood on disciplines of faith. And it worked for them where the church not only added members and grew, we are a part of that church today because, not because they had a good feeling, we're a part of that church today because they followed the disciplines of the faith. Just nod at me. Just, just nod at me. Okay. Here's the first one. Learning. This is just a discipline. Read the Bible. Are you saying, Pastor, or Father Craig, or Mother Craig, whatever you are, are you saying if I, I have to read the Bible to go to heaven? No, I am not. But why would you not? Why, why would you not? See, reading the Bible... For some of you, this is an everyday thing. It should be an everyday thing for all of us. Reading the Bible, it gives us the tools. It gives us the encouragement to face what we're going to face that day. We're lifelong learners. Okay, here's the second one. They gathered together. They gathered together in church, right here. That's why we're here. Now you say, well, you're preaching to the choir. I'm here. I know, I know. But we need each other, and the church and coming together is so vitally important. It's, watch this, watch this. Um, I grew up in a home, and I still have this kind of home, where it doesn't matter how I feel on Sunday morning, I still come to church. So here, here's... Hold on, don't clap yet. I, I'm going to offend people. Um, <laughs> what it's gotten to nowadays in some areas is, hey, I haven't seen you in a while. Well, why not? Well, my kids just really haven't been in the mood to come to church. I'm sorry. What's, I'm, I'm, I'm sorry. Um, hey, everybody. Uh, even before, okay, even right now, let me just be honest, even right now as the pastor, believe it or not, I'm still the pastor, as the pastor, there are a lot of Sunday mornings where I don't want to come to church. But you said, but Pastor, you said this is my favorite place. It is because I've learned that no matter how I feel, I still go to church and every time I come, even if I don't want to come when I come, I always leave here better than when I came. Yeah. Does that make sense? 
And a lot of times, we, we, we do certain things depending upon the current that we're in rather than because of the discipline we're standing on. And we choose whether we're coming or not based on what you did Saturday night. What does that have to do with anything? Well, I'm tired. What does that have to do with anything? Well, I'm not in the mood. What does that have to do with anything? A discipline is something that you impose on yourself. Is it a rule? No, 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 obviously. It's not a cult. We've been accused of that a lot, but we're not a cult. You can come and go as you please. Okay, Um, but... It's a discipline that I put on myself. I choose to do this because I know that this discipline is going to pay off in the long run. Does that make sense? Here's another one. Praying. Prayers. Are you saying I have to have quiet time with the Lord to go to heaven? No, I'm not. But if you'll have quiet time with the Lord every single day, he will be the still small voice that guides you through the noisiest and most chaotic day of your life. Spend time with him every single day. Some of you, it doesn't work for the morning. Do it at night. Well, it doesn't ma- the time of day doesn't matter as much as doing it. It's a discipline. And can I tell you something else? This is one area for me that I struggle with more than anything else. Can I just, can I just be honest? You might not realize this, but I do this for a living. I read, I study, I write messages, Okay. That's work. That's not spending quiet time with the Lord. Are you tracking with me? Okay. So some of you might say, well, it's easy for you, Pastor. You get paid to do this. I get paid to do this job. I do. But can I tell you something? If all I ever do is that, I'm going to be a very shallow, fake pastor. Because all this flows out of a relationship with Jesus, and the only place that relationship comes from is for me sitting my busy tail down and saying, Lord, here I am. That's different. Do you, do you see that? How are we doing? Good. You ready for another one? Worshippers. They got together and they worshipped. They worshipped. Worshipping, and you should worship every single day somewhere wherever you are, but I'm talking right now about worshipping corporately because that's what they did. Worship. Worship. We need to worship. And I know mostly men, men are like, man, that ain't very manly. I ain't going to do that singing stuff. And you come get expect me to raise my hands and clap. I ain't doing that either. <laughs> yeah, but you'll go to a country concert with a beer in one hand and a lighter in the other and be like, woo. So if it makes you feel better, come in here, get your cup of coffee. You can have a lighter. Woo! Whatever. <laughs> Most of the time we come into church and we worship only if, watch this, only if we feel like it and we like the song. But I've learned over the years, I really, I'm getting old and ancient, and I have learned that the one thing that turns my life around quicker than anything is worshiping God. When I go through situations where I, my soul is shredded, I have to deal with difficult people and things are just ugly and you know, it just it tears me apart. And you're like, really, Pastor? You, people say mean things to you daily, all the time. And so when that does, it still hurts. And what I've learned over the years is no matter how bad the hurt is, if I will just got, find a room and close the door behind me, put my earbuds in so I can't hear myself sing and no, everybody else, whatever, and I just let her rip, tater chip, not because I feel feel like it, not even because I think it's holy. I do it just because he's my only source of hope. 
He's my only help. And when I start looking at him, my perspective changes and I'm no longer looking at the person that caused me grief or myself that causes me grief. Now all of my attention is on the creator of my very soul. He gave me the breath in my lungs. How can I not let that breath lift him up and worship him? And you say it's not manly. You can call it whatever you want, but I've learned this. Worship is the one thing that turns it around for me every single time because God is so good. Because when you start worshiping the answer to everything, it just works because he's the answer for your problems. So I would challenge you, next Sunday, worship. Come in here. We're already done worshiping today. I mean, they're going, oh, there he is. He's getting ready to sit down. This is it. Go ahead and hit me an E flat. I want to start at the, no, I'm just kidding. Somebody's like, what? No, that really is E flat. Okay, anyway. No? Yeah. Worship. I challenge you next week. Come in here. Just worship. Lift your hands up. Well, I don't feel it. See, some people think, well, I only lift my hands when the Holy Spirit puts me in a trance and my hands just, (laughs) My hands are up every Sunday morning. It's not because I'm in a trance. It's because it's a discipline of worship. And the Bible says that this is what we do. We magnify him. Do I clap? Am I excited? Am I clapping? No, I'm clapping because it's a discipline of my faith. It's a discipline of worship. I'm going to worship him with everything he gave me because he gave me everything. And everything I have is because of him. Well, I don't feel like it. I wonder if Jesus would have said, I don't feel like going to the cross either. I wonder if Mary would have said, I don't feel like going to the temple. But both of them stepped out and did what they knew to do. Ready for another one? The rest of them are really short, so just hang in there, okay? Small groups. You need to be in a small group. That's in Acts chapter 2. They gathered in small groups. It's important. Why is that important? Because this is an an inspiring time. Today's probably not inspiring. We're talking about disciplines. But normally this is an inspiring time. But you need time in small groups to talk, to ask questions, to grow one another. Iron sharpens iron and all that good stuff. And then the sixth one is generous. They were generous. These are disciplines of our faith. Generous. There's a, a couple that's in a, they've been coming for years, they're in a small group, and they didn't, they, uh, they, they weren't taught tithing, okay? And we talk about tithing all the time. It's not a surprise here. Um, we teach it, preach it all, all the time, believe in it. Um, tithing is bringing the first 10% of your income into the house of the Lord. We give him the first and the best, not the last, not the leftovers, not, not what's there. Anyway, so this couple, they've been coming for years. They never tithe, and they get, they're in a small group. They just had a great conversation. And they said, we just don't have the money for that. And so they got talking, and and it, that went on for months and months and months and months. And finally one day they said, you know what? We're going to try it. We've heard all the teaching. We've t- they've talked about it. The church talked about it nonstop. We're, gonna, we're just going to do it. And then fast forward months later to just the other day, and some of you are nodding because you know how this story ends because you do it. Those of you who are not nodding in agreement, you just haven't tried it yet. So here, here's the um, So just recently they said, well, we've been tithing consistently for months now, months now. And he said this, he said, I still don't get it. Meaning, I don't understand it because we didn't have the money before, but yet we, we give our tithe every single paycheck. And it's there, because you give it first, you're first and the best, not what's left, right? So it's there, and not only that, all of our bills are paid, and, and now we have more extra money than we ever had before, I don't get it, but I'm so glad I got it. 
And it's just, so let me say this. That is a discipline of the faith. And that is a discipline. Man, don't miss this. That is a discipline you want to be standing on when inflation in our country goes crazy, when the economy crashes, can I tell you something? The river of economics will wash you down the stream and destroy your life all day long unless you're standing on a discipline of the faith called generosity. Generosity has stood the test of time from the days of the Bible to this very day right now. That's how people can stand in the middle of all this crisis and still just be as strong as anything. Because their faith is not in our culture or our economy or our president. Our faith is in this man named Jesus Christ who did it all for us. All right, last thing here. I notice your claps are getting more and more like a golf clap, so we'll just move on. Last fill in the blank here. This is what Mary is showing us. Emotions cannot fix difficult situations. Right? And we all know that's true. They, they can't. Like, you, you have a difficult situation tomorrow with your boss. Your emotion of anger will not fix that situation. It's not going to fix it. Second one, disciplines cannot fix difficult situations. Now you're confused. But let's just be honest. Your difficult problem tomorrow with your boss, he's yelling at you or whatever, walking in and going, you're done. This is not going to work. I read the Bible this morning. And according to my pastor, my discipline and my faith will shut you down. You're done. How many know that ain't going to work? You're going to be done. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> so your emotions aren't going to fix it. Disciplines aren't going to fix it. But watch this. Watch this. But spiritual disciplines applied to our emotions guide us through the difficult situations of life. See, the, the, we are all living and standing in a stream of culture, in a stream, a river of opinions. We're all, we're all standing there. The question is, what are you standing on? And see, when I stand on disciplines and I apply those disciplines to my emotions, then it helps my emotions go forward in a mature way. A mature way. So let me challenge you with this today before we leave. And this is, I'm not, I'm not trying, I'm genuinely not trying to make anybody feel guilty at all. That is not the intention. I want all of us to just get better one day at a time. One day at a time. What's a current discipline of the faith that you could just get better at? What is it? It's, I think it's going to be different for all of us. But what's an area that you can genuinely grow in, that it's a discipline that you recognize has been a little shaky in your life, and you can get better. You can work it. And just like I said before, we already know what to do. Oh, now we just have to do it. Let me pray with you right where you are. Will you bow your heads and close your eyes? Heavenly Father, right now, Father, I thank you for your disciplines. I thank you for these things that it's not, it's not a legalistic rule. It's, you've shown us, Mary has shown us that if we'll just do the things that you've laid in front of us, that it makes us stronger. It makes us stand more sure. And so, Holy Spirit, I ask right now that every single person in this room watching online, Father, that you'll encourage us. Show us right now the areas that we need to grow in. You are such a personal God. You are beautiful and wonderful. So, Father, each one of us individually, show us what we need to grow in and how we can just get a little bit better, a little bit stronger. And we love you, Father. I thank you for your word. I thank you that you want the best for all of us. So help us to stand strong in the river of our culture and opinions. 
Let us stand strong as beacons of hope in our world. In Jesus' name we pray these things. Amen. Amen. Guys, thanks so much for hanging out with me today. I really, really appreciate it. Um, there's beautiful people down front on both sides that would love to pray with you and connect with you. And uh, also, if you're a follower of Jesus Christ and you want to take communion today, there's communion elements down front on both sides that you are more than welcome to do that. Okay? Stand with me, if you will. All right, let's pray the benediction and we will jet on out of here. Heavenly Father, right now, we just ask that the words of our mouth, the meditations in our heart, Lord, they'll be acceptable in your sight. You're our Lord, our strength, and our Redeemer. In Jesus' name, amen. Have a great week, y'all. Love you.